Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Season 2, Episode 6, Part 1 of the podcast. I'm your host, Rachel, and I'm very excited to share my very first two-part episode with you, inspired by the conversation I had with Sean Philip Naylor, a fellow podcaster who hails from the land down under. Sean agreed to do our land acknowledgement today, so I invite you to take a deep breath in and a deep breath out. I I do really want to acknowledge um, our traditional landowners in Australia here, particularly on the Gold Coast, especially um, I think it's such a respectful thing and I love that you do it and I don't do it on my show and I think maybe I might have to start doing that. Um, so I would like to acknowledge the Yugan Bear people, the traditional owners of the land on which I'm recording today. And I would also like to pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Thanks and thank you, Sean, for your land acknowledgement. I'm really excited. This is the first time I have interviewed a family member. So today I'm joined by Sean Philip Naylor, who has overcome time zones to be on this episode. Sean grew up in England and now lives on the beautiful Gold Coast, Gold Coast in Eastern Australia. He has his own awesome podcast. Excuse me, I have something to say. Sean gets real with people about life in general and touches on many current issues, including identity, coming out, loss, and so much more. He even had me on as a guest to chat about mindfulness. So Sean, welcome, welcome. Please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Awesome. Thank you. Firstly, thank you, Rachel, for having me as a guest on your show. Um, This is the first time I've ever been a guest on someone's show. So this is new territory and very exciting for me. Um, I guess a little bit about myself. Well, um, I am now officially a podcaster and have been doing it for two years now. So that's pretty exciting. Um, I have to still have a day job because, you know, unless, (laughs) unless you're the one in a million at this podcasting work, it doesn't really pay so well. So um, I actually work in uh, retail management as my day job, which keeps me kind of busy. And it's been pretty hectic over the past 12 months. And with all the ups and downs of COVID, I guess in my spare time, I just try to relax where I can, spend time with my family, with my dogs, and uh, with your beautiful cousin, who is my husband. Hmm. Yes, and this is this really is an episode of first. So it's my first time interviewing family who I've never even met in person. <laughs> <laughs> it's your first time being a guest, and it's actually my first time interviewing someone overseas. So this is really exciting for me, anyways. And, Very exciting. You know, uh, so good. And I just, I can't wait to give you a hug in person. Like I just, I'm, I already feel so connected to you. So, um, hopefully our listeners feel that, that same sense of connection. And, um, I do encourage our listeners to check out, excuse me, I have something to say, give it a like, give it a follow, share it with your friends. It's, it's really, really awesome. And, touches on some really important issues. So um, 
I wanted to just say, like, I really, I, I really love your authenticity and your openness. And I know that you've been really open in many of the conversations we've had so far. And so today I was hoping that we could talk to our listeners a little bit about podcasting and what it's been like. And um, I'm going to ask you, instead of being a guest, to kind of be like a co-host. And I want you to help direct the conversation too. How does that sound? I love it. And um, I wonder how we should edit this episode. I mean, I'll do the editing, but what are your thoughts, Sean? That sometimes I refer to an episode being a hard edit or sometimes... Um, you know, it's just so easy when the conversation flows that you find you end up with some gold and you have to cut things if you're dealing with timeframes and, you know, you just, there's so much content and Mm -hmm. so much work that goes into it. And then on the other side is when you're doing things like, like this, like we're doing today, I'm sitting here going in silently in my head because I'm not in a soundproof studio. I'm sitting here going, gosh, I hope my dogs don't bark at the neighbors if they come home. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and if they do we can edit that out or we can leave it in we can I mean we've already it. said that yeah. that could happen so so where where are we going with this conversation where should we start I mean you and I obviously both have podcasts and just on you and I I also feel such a connection with you and cannot wait to see you in person and give you a great big hug right back um but I think a really nice place for us would, to start would be um what what sort of led led us to start our own podcast mm, good one do you want to go first yeah sure um so for me it was all very personal I had a blog before I had the podcast and I created the blog of the same name uh excuse me I have something to say after I lost a friend of mine um one of my best friends she battled cancer for for many years And ultimately we lost her and it was the first time I'd lost somebody that close to me that wasn't, you know, like her grandparent or somebody that you, you kind of, you you kind of expect that they're not going to be around as long as you. Um, And I had a whole bunch of feelings that I just didn't know how to deal with. Um, My husband, Benny, he warned me, after we lost my friend Flynn, he was like, or I guess in the run up to losing her when she was started to started to go downhill, he was saying that the grief you feel when you lose a loved one, somebody so close to you, it, it kind of, it comes in waves and there's no preparing for it. And you can't explain to somebody what that feeling is like. They have to just go through it. And I think part of my healing process was creating my blog because I had all of these feelings and I've always been good at writing and I've always been quite good with words. And I ended up putting, I guess, how I was feeling into words and the name, excuse me, I have something to say really came from me feeling like, you know, I had all this stuff inside me and I didn't think anyone was listening and I didn't think anyone was understanding. And my original podcast artwork is me with my hand up in the air, like desperately trying to say something and be heard. And, and that's where my blog started. And then after I did a few sort of uh, little blog posts, I felt like I needed to talk 
about it as opposed to just write articles and send them out into the world. I felt like if I was having these feelings and there were bigger conversations that needed to be had, I, I, you know, I felt like other people needed to hear them and be a part of them. And that's when I kind of conceptualized coming up with the podcast as an option. And I thought to myself, well, rather than just have me, you know, bambling on about about how I feel and, and what's going on, why not start to open that conversation up to other people, people who are in my network initially, and then it's starting to now sort of go a lot further than that, which is incredible. But I think for me, coming to podcasting, it was really just my way of coping with loss and trying to get other people to talk. Like I felt like no one was talking and it was, you know, I guess silence can be deafening. And I had all of these feelings. I needed to get them out. And here we are. This is <laughs> now I have a, a podcast, which is on an Australian podcasting network and it's doing fairly well. So that's pretty cool. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and again, I've, I'll probably say this 17 more times throughout <laughs> this conversation. I love your podcast. So yeah, you've done an amazing job with it. And what a, what a beautiful reason to start just giving yourself permission to feel and honoring how you feel and sharing, knowing that this might actually help other people too. That was really the goal behind it. Um, you know, I've done episodes where I've spoken to people who have had um, problems with addiction, with drugs and alcohol. Um, we've spoken about anxiety, mental health issues, particularly men's mental health and queer mental health issues around the holidays. So we actually cover a whole lot of ground. And then we also throw in some fun little tidbit episodes like we did um, in season one, we did the history of Halloween, which was really cool. So it's really nice to not just talk about these issues and I guess social anxieties and things like that, but we also have a little bit of fun every now and again. And, you know, we spoke about the history of Halloween this year. We did the, a bit of a history on Christmas and witches for Halloween as well. So try to keep it a little bit of a mix of those open conversations, helpful conversations, and then a little bit of education for fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a whole bunch of realness. I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> well, I actually just posted a, I called it a mid season interruption where I talked a little bit about why I started the podcast and, um, yeah, really, I just, I love talking. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. And I love storytelling and I love listening. So it just seemed quite perfect to have a platform. And I've been talking about having a podcast for years. And it was just, you know, the first first conversation was, oh, I'm going to do it with a friend. And then suddenly I was going to do it with two friends. And then it was back to just one friend and then back to two friends. And I just thought, you know, we, we had actually even recorded some conversations on our phones thinking like, Oh, this is, this is really great material. Cause you know, we were drinking red wine and having <laughs> these deep and meaningful conversations, but then it was like, Oh, 
you know, we might have to edit that piece out. Like, you know, we were sharing a story about a, a close friend of ours and nothing malicious, but just like, oh, but that's deeply personal. So now we're going to have to start getting permission to share these stories. So it was just, it, it kind of went around in circles. And then finally, I just decided, you know what, I'm just going to do it. I set the goal and I just started and I didn't know what I was doing, but I wanted to just, it, it was more about the content, not about the yeah. quality of the sound. And I just wanted to, to curate some content that was, would be meaningful and, and optimistic and hopeful and supportive of people who um, might just need to know who's out there in their community who could, who could offer help in different ways or insights in different ways. So Anyways, here I go rambling. So <laughs> I mean, I think you you again, like I think both of us with our, our shows, um, they do both come from a really I guess a place of wanting to to help and to converse with others and to let other people know, you know what, you're not alone in all of this. And speaking of being not alone in all of this. When I first started, I was like you, I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. I like I had an old microphone and then I was like, oh, okay, so how do I do this? And Dr. Google, as always, super helpful, <laughs> points me in the right direction. And I also, I like, I can't believe how incredibly welcoming the greater podcast community was to people who were wanting to start. So like, on your Facebook forums and and things like that, there's podcast groups and you can join them and, you know, you share your podcast and what it's about and, and whatnot. And if you've got any questions, any technical questions, everybody's there to help and everybody has, you know, advice on, you know, I started and when I started, it was going like this and I didn't have the right equipment. So I invested in this and this, this, and this. And so it's just, the entire community is just really helpful. It's like everybody's lifting each other up as opposed to going, no, I don't want you to take my listeners. Like it's, it's a really, really lovely community to be a part of. Hmm. You're teaching me something new. I didn't even know. I mean, of course, as, as you're saying it, of course this exists, but I, um, I guess because I'm, I'm a coach as well, I've been really quite busy building my practice. And so the podcast is sort of just kind of fit in between what I'm doing in my work. And I haven't reached out for help at all, but I'm going to, I'm definitely going to look into that in the new year. Thank you for that. And yeah. for listening who wants to start just to sort of zip back to what we just spoke about. I think what, what, I, I take away from what both Sean and I shared is that having a, a meaningful intention when you start your podcast is maybe, maybe a good place to start. Like, what do you, what do you want to talk about and what is meaningful to you and, and start from there. And then, then I guess, look at, look at the resources and see who else is out there. Cause it sounds like there's an amazing community that, I'm really excited to connect with. Thank you again yeah, for sharing I'll, that. <laughs> um, I'll send you some of the uh, links on Facebook to some of the groups that I'm a part of. Amazing. You're right. The podcast community is very welcoming. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and anybody who's listening who wants to start, like you say, just do it. And, you know, Rachel and I are here to help. 
And Sean, before we, we really get into it, I just want to tell you how sorry I am for your loss of your friend and, um, um, and just, I know that there aren't words. It is, it is so tender and I, I just want to acknowledge that. It, really look, it, it, it is tough. And, you know, just the other day it was, um, it would have been her birthday. So I think mm. with those sorts of things, obviously with loss in particular time, it doesn't make it better. Like you, you'll never get the person back that, that, that you're gr grieving over. So I think really what we have to remember is to try and in those sorts of instances, find the positivity out of the loss and celebrate mm -hmm. the person that we've lost. So, you know, Benny and I on what would have been Flynn's birthday, we, I, I brought home a bottle of her favorite wine and we had a toast in her memory and I shared something to my socials. Some people would say that, you know, sharing it to your socials is, is you're looking for comment or, or something, but for me, you know, being somebody who grew up in the UK and living in Australia and my friend who passed lived in the UK, putting something on my socials is really just a silent way of sharing a memory with the people who will get it and understand mm -hmm. it, who might not be comfortable feeling, you know, sharing something of their own. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I first want to acknowledge, you know, what a healthy behavior that is to have channeled your own experience into the blog first and then into the podcast like as as part of what what I'm hearing is your own healing process yeah. yes exactly exactly so what else what other podcasting adventures have we had that, that we <laughs> might share with our listeners when I first started the podcast I was trying to come up with imagery and branding for it mm. and I I kind of I had a vibe I had what I was going for and I was happy with it and then I got contacted by a network here in Australia it's called Lip Media they're no longer around but they were a network that featured podcasts from queer voices and female voices as well and so they were completely my vibe I was like yes I'll join your network but um, the guy who ran it sent me this very delicately worded email, which was basically, your podcast is great, your artwork sucks. And <laughs> I was like, okay, what do I do? So I ended up getting um, a graphic designer in to try and help me. And they just were not seeing my vision. And oh, I found that really hard. I had this big back and forth with these, this graphic designer. And then I was like, no, you're not the, maybe it's just you, like maybe you're not the right fit for me. So then I went and, and sought help from another graphic designer. And again, they just weren't getting the vibe of the podcast. And so in the end, I downloaded pretty much every editing app you can imagine. Um, I was already a little bit of a whiz on Photoshop. And so I came up with my own. Because I just felt like, because, excuse me, I have something to say was so personal, nobody could see the vision I wanted for the mm. artwork and the imagery. So I sought a graphic designer and they just couldn't see the vision that I wanted for the podcast. And I thought to myself, well, okay, maybe it's you, like maybe we're not meshing well. So I went and found a second graphic designer 
and basically had the same experience. They just couldn't put down what I wanted. Um, maybe I was being too picky because I think with, excuse me, it's such a personal, uh, I guess, passion project and it comes from such a personal place that I mm-hmm. don't think anybody would have been able to do it, what I wanted. So in the end, I downloaded every editing app possible, like every everyone known to man. And I was already a little bit of a whiz on Photoshop and I kind of just simplified what I wanted um, and did it all myself. So in season one, it was my original concept, which was on the blog, which was me with my hand in the air. Well, if you have something to say, you have to raise your hand. So it was, that was the image. And then just the big words, excuse me, I have something to say. And then for season two, I really shot myself in the foot because I was like, okay, well, let's, you know, it's a new season. Let's mix it up a little bit. Let's give it a little bit of a refresh. And I was going to change the colors, but I was like, no, these colors, they just spoke to me. So it's like that pale pink and the gray. And then I was like, okay, I'll change the image. So I ended up with me with a megaphone. And so now I'm coming into season three next year. I'm like, oh gosh, I've got, <laughs> I've got to find another image that is saying like I have something to say that's not the two I've already done and I'm drawing a blank so if anyone is out there who has any inspiration for me please get in touch so you mentioned that these people didn't like your graphics what didn't they like about them um the specific piece of feedback was was um it was so initially the podcast when it was a blog it was called excuse me i have something to say and then it had a subline of um the musings of an elder millennial and because that was like a super long title and it had millennial in it i was like oh yeah you know i'm a i'm an old millennial like first first out of the 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 uh first first one of the bunch and (laughs) I was like, okay, I'll make everything that millennial pink, which was on trend uh, a little while back. And yeah, the specific piece of feedback was millennial pink is done. I think you need to do something fresher. Mm. But worded much nicer than that. Yes. Um, much, you know, much softer, which was, you know, I like, I appreciated that. Um, so I still like kept a little piece of the pink, which is in the writing. And I love two colors I love together are pink and gray. And then I just added a bit of black and white in the, in the text as well, just to kind of, you know, make it pop. I like your artwork. Every time I see your, um, your picture come up for the podcast, it's such a serene, relaxing picture. It just makes me put my headphones in and listen to the show. Honestly, I just use Canva for everything, which I actually believe is an Australian. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. so good. I don't use it as much as I should, but I'm I'm pretty well versed with it. I ended up actually doing most of mine through an app called PixArt. Um, mm. It's a, a paid, for, like you, it's not the cheapest of apps, but um, I use it for everything. It's like mm. my one-stop shop for any artwork. If I'm doing, you know, episode artwork for the guest who's coming on, I just do everything through there. You can remove backgrounds. You can, you know, they've even got stock photos and things like that too. Um, it's so good. And yeah, Canva, I've got another friend. Um, she has a podcast. I'll just drop her in here. Her name is Rochelle Lindquist and her podcast is called May Contain Traces of Soy. So anybody out there who um, 
is vegan or vegan curious, go have a listen. It's really cool. But she uses Canva for so much of her stuff and her content is incredible. Hmm. Amazing. Yeah. I use, I use Canva for so much too. And I do use the paid account. So I have access to lots of stock images, which I think you do in the free account as well. But yeah, it's a great, great tool for graphics and you can, you can use any color. So very, very customizable. And then I also use another program called uh, audiogram, I believe it's called. Ah, uh, yeah, and, I know this one. Yeah, also a paid app, and what that does is it allows me to make it's it's actually a video. It looks like an image with people talking, so it has a static image and then the voice in the background. So I upload yeah. the audio, and that is very time consuming, but really, (laughs) really awesome to promote the episodes because it allows people who are following me on Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn or any other social media that I'm using to actually hear the voice of the guest who is on the episode. So if they like what that person says and how their voice sounds, which I think does matter to people, then they can go ahead and listen to the episode it's amazing like how technology just allows us to do these things so easily but Mm -hmm. in saying that like you say they some some of these things that we do for our podcasts are quite time consuming and I saw a funny somebody who I follow on Twitter um, posted something not too long ago it was just like last week and it was said basically said you know um to the non-creative types, they think um, anything creative can be just whipped up in a second. And it's so true because I'll have somebody go, oh, can you do this for me? And you're like, yeah, no worries. You know, it might take a while. And then their expectation is because they see you post such wonderful content. Their expectation is that you just do it really, really quick. But it's not like it's time consuming. I did um, for an episode I've got coming up, I was doing multiple sound bites because it's a clips show. So I needed multiple sound bites from different episodes. And it took me a good couple of hours. And that was using templates as well, like templates I'd created, but still it was still just takes so long just to put out one post, which is where I think if you're doing any kind of social media engagement, you can use things like Hootsuite and um, Letter to schedule your posts, which I'm really bad at. I'm not good at scheduling a post, but I need to get better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you mentioned Hootsuite because they're from Vancouver. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Um, yeah. I use a program called later.com and I find it really helpful and I can write one post and have it go to all those different uh, platforms. See, that's the way to do it. Mm-hmm. That's the way. Same I'm so, so bad. I don't do it. Every time, if you ever Not see bad. a post from me, <laughs> if you ever see me post something, just know that I've probably just spent 30 minutes on it and, and now it's up. <laughs> oh, still, I still spent, you know, a, a decent chunk of time. I think all of this is, and I, I guess that is, that really is the takeaway from much of what we're saying is that 
it is really a labor of love. Like you want to make sure you do what you can to enjoy the process. And I think with something like the podcast and excuse me, I have something to say, they're very personal passion projects. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but for me, it's like, I love to do it. Like I get so much joy from doing it. And then I've put myself under a lot of stress, which is kind of sucked away some of the joy, but then towards this last half of the year, and I've been more, um, I guess more regimented with my scheduling and getting episodes out. And I've had some great wins towards the end of this year as well with guests. So I feel like the fire is back. Like I've had a bad, bad second year, but the fire is back and I'm like super excited to get onto season three. It's like uh, a couple of years ago on my socials, I posted a picture and it was a picture of, it was, a picture of me and I wasn't looking overly happy and I put all of these horrible, horrible words around it. And when I say horrible words, I mean like, you know, just things that your inner monologue tells you that you're not good enough or, you Mm. know, that sort of thing. And I posted it and I even posted it with comment, which was, you know, I'm okay having a tough mental health day. And I know that other people are, and that's okay to not be okay. And, I'm just, you know, I guess sharing that we all go through stuff. And then the amount of people that are in my circle that called me to make sure I was okay or text me or commented um, or even contacted my partner and they were like, is Sean okay? What's going on with Sean? And it's kind of like, yeah, I mean, read the post. I am okay. Mm-hmm. Um it's nice that, that that people care and that we can then connect again through the posts that we share because there are people out there who would post something like that because it's a cry for help and mm-hmm. thank goodness that they have that outlet to try, you know, to, to have a cry for help to get people to connect to them because sometimes it's not easy to say how you're feeling, but it's easier to post about it because Mm -hmm. everything is so digital. And these days, like it's a, it's a strange forum and a strange time that we live in with all these social media platforms and how we use them to connect. And then you have so many people say that real connection isn't there anymore, Mm -hmm. but it is because Mm -hmm. you can post something that you feel you can't say. And even if that's a retweet or a, you know, reshare of somebody else's post or opinion, you're still having the ability to connect. And I think we need to retrain our brains a little bit to see that, you know, conversations that are had on podcasts, people's social media posts, they're not taking us away from connection. It's just connection has changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's more ways to do it. I've, a million thoughts well maybe not a million but many thoughts um because i've been and i and i appreciate what you're offering because i've been spending less time on social media lately because i'm just bombarded with advertising and when you use the hashtag coach or life coach suddenly all these coach training programs or workshops end up coming across my feed (laughs) (laughs) 
and and it's there's just there's just so much noise and so my way of dealing with that noise is just to be on social media as little as possible and I think what you're reminding me of is that when we do things with awareness and mindfulness we can choose consciously to use these platforms in a way that is meaningful and connective to us. I work with energy. I, I practice Reiki. And so you don't need to be physically present with somebody to feel the connection. I 100% agree. Mm. Um, but that, I mean, can, as you say, like you don't have to be physically present to connect with people. I have an auntie who has been married now for years to her husband and they met online. He was from the States. She was living in Western Australia and people questioned, I guess, the authenticity of the relationship, but they eventually met each other and now they're married and they've been married for such a long time. And that's that they have such a great connection. Mm-hmm. That's so beautiful. And there are countless stories like that in my in my friendship circles. So yeah, it's, it is really, really amazing what we can feel. And even our connection, like, again, we've never met in person, but there's a real, there's a real tenderness and care that I feel between us that I don't think I'm making it up. (laughs) It's real. (laughs) It's real. It's definitely real. It's real for me too. And all of your posts, I started to find the, you know, there was inspiration in them and encouragement to be better and to be I guess a more thoughtful more mindful person even from your your first posts that I would see and instantly I I felt a connection to that energy which is of course your energy and yeah that that's all done through through social media and I feel like you know, people can project what they want to project onto their socials, but there's always something really honest about yours that makes that, you know, even back then I felt like I was really getting to know this person who is a family member of, of the man I love. And that's such an interesting and special connection. And yeah, I mean, you're authentically you and I love it. And I'm so happy that I can call you family. Mm, likewise oh thank you I mean it just goes to show again like we we just innately know we know that that we somehow are connected to one another and that we um there I I do people call me naive all the time but I do believe that somewhere inside us even if it's deeply deeply buried that we we know that it feels good to be good to each other we know that by being generous with one another, that we receive something back that is reciprocal. Exactly. Like you get back what you put out. And if you're putting out positivity and kindness, then you would be getting positivity and kindness back. I think one of my big lessons and one of the things I try to live by the most is that life is hard enough. You know, like life isn't, it's not always roses. And it really does not hurt to be kind to each other while we're on this journey. And that's, you know, if we can help and we can share, then we should do it. And that's where I think your podcast and, and my podcast is they, they fit in to that thought stream in the fact that you're sharing and ha- having conversations about 
you know, all sorts of ways to be better and to, you know, you're talking to people that inspire you, you know, our podcast is similar in that way. And I think we're putting out kindness. I think we're helping people with what we're doing. You know, we might only have small audiences, but like you say, they're engaged. And if you can do something that helps one person, then that's amazing. Like I know when I started, excuse me, when I had Benny on as a guest to talk about his experience coming out versus mine. And, you know, let's not forget that he was married to a woman and lived a very straight life, which I, society kind of told him he had to. Mm-hmm. And he has two beautiful kids out of that marriage who, of course, we love to death. Um, but from him coming onto my podcast and sharing his experience and comparing it with me, who's, you know, what am I, like eight years younger than him, and I came out when I was 18 and I had a completely different experience that prompted other people who were already in my life to say, hey, you know what? I have something to say. Can I come on your podcast? And from there, you know, we had a great episode with a friend of ours called called Shana Chester. And she shared her very difficult experience of dealing with drugs um, and her dealing with addiction and going to rehab and what that looked like and how she came out from the other side of that and when she aired that oh sorry when I aired the episode that she guested on the feedback was incredible we had you know she made a connection with her mother that her mum had I guess had never really had that conversation with her or really understood her experience and through the medium of podcasting they were able to connect in a way they hadn't done before and Mm. you know she wouldn't have done that or been able to have that connection if Benny didn't have his conversation on the podcast and share it and have people listen to it Um, so it's it's really I think what we do in this free art form that takes up a lot of our spare time it's important work and it's only work that's going to reach people who choose to listen. But it's it's a they're conversations that are worth listening to because they help. They help destigmatize things, you know, destigmatizing people who have suffered with addiction. Just because you're, you know, I think Shayna made a really great point of she'll always be an addict. But you know, that's not a bad thing. But society will see somebody who has drug addiction and blacklist them. But they may be over that. They may, you know, it'll always be a part of them and their journey, but it's not who they are. They're not defined by it. Just like, you know, I'm not defined by my sexuality and you're not defined by any of the, I guess, the boxes that the world wants to put you in. You're not defined by the fact that you're a woman. You're a fully functioning, fully grown human with all of the emotions that come with what it is to be on this planet. Mm -hmm. It's so true, people. And so if Mm -hmm. I have tools and resources that can help others. I'm so interested in sharing those. So yeah, this is, this is such a valuable conversation. And, you know, I, I want to be mindful of your time. And, um, and I, you know, I was thinking about, oh, do we make this a two part episode? Do we keep talking? (laughs) It's like, oh, we're already, we're already over time here. (laughs) It's funny. I was just gonna say the conversation is it's definitely gone down a different path than I thought it would but it's you know this is the whole point is it's it's 
authentic conversation. It's an authentic connection. Yeah. And the conversations, they you can't always be in control of them. Sometimes they just flow in ways that you, you know, are not expecting. And hopefully it's good. <laughs> And that concludes part one, season two, episode six of the podcast. I'm your host, Rachel, and I'm so grateful that you tuned into this special episode with Sean Philip Naylor. I hope you'll tune in next week to listen to part two. Until next time.